Welcome. Mabuhay. Selamat datang. Tabe. This is Eco-Connected, the podcast where we discuss the interconnectedness of people, culture, and the environment with a focus on Southeast Asian perspectives. We are Ari, Erika, Patin, and Simarni, a group of Southeast Asian youth bounded by our advocacy for the environment. Each week, we will talk about environmental challenges in Southeast Asia, modern and traditional conservation methods, and ways that you can connect and tune in to the environment in a time where humanity continues to lose touch with the natural world. Welcome back to the E-Connected podcast, everyone. This is Ari, your host from Brunei. At E-Connected, we always talk about valuing the interconnectedness of people and the environment. Now, for this particular episode, we will zoom into forest systems and its important role to the people of Indonesia. Many indigenous peoples in Indonesia and the whole of Southeast Asia region rely upon resources and services provided by the forest. However, forests are largely threatened and degraded year by year. And so today we have uh, with us a special guest from Indonesia who will talk about the forest with us, Mahardika Putra Purba, better known as Dika. Now, Dika is an assistant professor in the Department of Forestry at the State Agricultural Polytechnic of Kupang, or uh, as they say, Politani Kupang in Timor Island. Now, uh, this is located in Indonesia. Now, he is currently involved in health in harmony projects in Madagascar and in Borneo, Indonesia, as a program specialist, where he is remotely supporting and advising the project team on the ground. He is also an affiliated researcher in the program for disease ecology, health and environment at Stanford University and contributor researcher at Planet Lab, Duke University. He holds a bachelor degree in science with majors in forestry engineering from the University of Sumatra Utara in Indonesia and a master's degree in tropical silviculture from Bogor Agricultural University and another master's degree in forest genetics from the University of Zurich. Now, his research work focuses on forest genetics, forest conservation, ecosystem restoration, and planet health approach to conservation and sustainable development. Wow, what what a list of experiences here, Kadika. So welcome to our podcast. So for the start of our conversation here, Kadika, what made you pursue the study of forestry? Yeah, well, hello, everyone, and thank you for having me. Um... Yeah, for that question, well, I think in the beginning, I'm just like many Asian youngsters out there, you know, and also considering what most Asian parents want their children to be, you know, to be a doctor, engineer, <laughs> accountant, banker, lawyer, and the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. And of course, being a forester who studied um, forestry didn't come to mind at first. Right. I remember during the national exam to enter university, I have to choose three majors as an option. I choose medicine, um, engineering, and I don't know what I should choose for my third option. Then randomly, I choose uh, forestry. Um, You know, 
So forestry is not really my first choice, but third option as a backup plan in case the first and the second one is failed. And, you know, it is failed. However, um, when I walk on it, studying it and understand it, it grows on me and it became very interesting. Mm. Um, forestry as a science is not just about the forest itself in physical terms, you know, but it's about living connections. We know that forests are home to over 80% of land animals and plants. Um, you know, it helps sequester carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, cooling the air and excellent air filters, um, producing oxygens and you know, providing significant uh, water for living organizations and many other things that left me in awe, you know. Yeah. So I think I found my way to fall in love with forests. And when you fall in love with something, you want it to study it more and to understand it more and also to protect it. So with all the challenges that we've seen today around our forest, um, I think we ought to protect them. And for me, that is why I continue to study it. And until today, to continue find, you know, my love around forests and to protect them. So I hope that yeah. answers your question. That really answers the question, Yuka. And I love that you, you found passion through um, something that you didn't uh, really, uh, you know, have passion, passion about at, at the beginning. But it's really, like, commendable and inspiring that, you know, it's, it's something that you're currently still doing and you love what you're doing and I think that's really important for everyone involved. And also, Dika, we learned that your work is focused on forest genetics. Um, can you tell yeah. us what is it all about and why is it important to study forest genetics? Yeah, um, Yeah. sure. Um, you know, before we talk about forest genetics, because it's very complex um, yeah. terms and science in itself, um, I would like to mention about genetics first. So each of us, you know, each of the species, either from animal kingdom, uh, plants kingdom, or us humans, uh, contains information in, you know, our genes that are, fa uh, you know, that are passed down from one generation to the next. And these genes um, carry information that affects the health, the appearance, even the personality of the species. So these genes were, um, you know, were in the form of DNA, mm -hmm. right? So every living thing has DNA. It's an amazing uh, chemical that presents in, a, in, in every cell. It contains all the information uh, that cells need to make human a human, mm. tree a tree, animal an animal, you know. So DNA also influences many individual traits. You know, if it's in the tree, such as whether the tree is tall or short, the shape of the trees, the color of the leaf, the bark and the flowers, for example, mm. You know, so by, by studying genetics, we can understand how, you know, if it's the tree, you know, we can understand yeah. how the tree supports the species that has been living for 100 years or even 1,000 years have survived in nature. You know, how they were adapted, you know, what genes control their adaptations uh, to changing climate or changing environments. <clears throat> so, and also many, um, you know, many... You know, the fact that there are many um, species out there is disappearing 
in in the nature before we know what their role and function in the ecosystems. Yeah. So I think it's important to understand or study the genetics to enhance our knowledge and understanding to help saving, um, you know, the species, especially those that are already endangered or critically endangered. Um, but in first genetics, um, it's very complex, as I mentioned in the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's included uh, three main components um, that uh, it's needed, uh, included Mendelian or traditional genetics, yeah. genetics and quantitative genetics. Um, in Mendele uh, Mendelian genetics, we studied about segregations, you know, um, dealing with the inheritance of the traits in relatively small groups and over short periods of time. In population genetics, we studied the uh, genetic behavior, distributions, and changes in large group populations, individual over relatively long periods of time, including uh, responses to natural and artificial selections. And, you know, many traits of this uh, productive and economic importance are controlled by several genes and their interaction, right? And yes. we studied quantitative genetics to assess the genetics and its relations to environmental parameters, you know, including phenotypic genetic variances, you know, and then correlations of genetics itself wow. to, um, you know, and how they are response to the selection. So it's very complex, but, um, you know, all in all, we need to study forest genetics to, again, you know, help saving the species, understanding their role and their presence in the nature. And if they are disappearing in nature, we can help them, uh, you know, uh, exist in nature through breeding or an improvement. Wow, oh, that, that's a really intriguing uh, subject matter on on uh, genes uh, here, Kadika. And being a biologist myself, I was just in awe because, like, um, you know, genes are something new that um, we scientists have uh, been exploring, and I think it's something that we can also utilize and something that you could, um, I could see resonate with what you have given and expressed about what genes are and how important it is in the forest. Because understanding truly what they are um, at the genetic level, then we can really um, help, you know, the, the disappearing forest that that is currently happening in, in the region. So that's something that's really, you know, like I was just <laughs> intellectually stimulated, but at the same time, like I was just enjoying um, the, the talk that you gave about ge uh, ge genetics and forest genetics. And I think it's an area that we haven't yet explored as much, Kandika, and I hope the viewers would really learn more about it um, based on your yes. um, sharing. So um, that's on the, you know, more scientific part um, get me. So th this question is more on you know uh, based on your experiences here, Kadika. So how how important are forests to the Indonesian people? We heard that you have worked on various conservation projects, yeah. right? And yeah. we would like to hear some of your stories um, to share to the audience that we have currently. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think I will begin by saying that um, you know forests of Indonesia. We know that it is the, the third largest tropical forest in the world and one of the greatest biodiversity hot, uh, hotspots on earth, right? Um, and Indonesian forests uh, is also provide um, economic 
social and environmental benefits for its people. But in the bigger picture, Indonesian forests is actually not just for Indonesian people yeah. itself. You know, it's also for for the for the whole planets, right? Because yeah. we're living in the same same planet. So that is one thing that we uh, often we forgot, you know, we often keep everything in silo, you know, oh, mm. um, you know, Malaysian forest is for Malaysian. No, it's not. It in like locally, in local context, yes, it is. But in a bigger picture, since we are living in the same planet, we share all of this, you know, together. Exactly. Right. And then um, I mentioned earlier about uh, biodiversity uh, we know that biodiversity plays a key role in food security, human health, livelihoods, you know, providing clean water, timber, medicinal plants, and other important, you know, services. And if we lose our rainforests, it's it's game over for all of us, mm-hmm. right? And we know what forest has done for our lives. And we also need to understand that we cannot be healthy and thrive without healthy and natural ecosystems. So Indonesian forest is not just important for uh, the people of Indonesia, but it's also for the whole, uh, you know, the whole world. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and then we need to also, you know, think that every actions that we're committed to treat this this, uh, planet or forest, wherever we are, eventually will affect us all. And, you know, Apart from apart from the economic and the ecology uh, benefits of of the forest, um, it also provides uh, a variety of products as well that um, we can all uh, you know uh, share and also we can all uh, benefit from. And you know, for Indonesians, uh, Indonesian forests um, for many years has been supported the income of the country, especially, you know, from, from its timber. So, yeah, so it, it leads to, um, you know, to later on, you know, how is the state of the forest, but that's how, how is the, um, how, that's how is, you know, important the, the forest of uh, Indonesian forest, not just for Indonesian, but also again from, you know, for, for the entire world. Exactly. Um, and for my, Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh no. Yeah. Ex- exactly. I was just gonna say that, but uh, you you can talk uh, elaborate more on your yeah conservation projects as well, Kardika. I think yes. that's something. Um. That yeah. I work as the program director for Yayasan Alam Sehat Lestari or ASRI, a nonprofit organization, uh, located in West Kalimantan. Before as a program director, and we yeah. have uh you know uh, projects in in Borneo, uh that. You know, we provide um, we provide health services to the mm. community nearby the forest. So we call this forest conservation based on medical healthcare and community development. So this built up based on the solutions that comes from the community who wanted to protect the forest, but they couldn't. You know, they often uh, they were often logging for paying for healthcare. So the community said that if they had access to high quality, affordable healthcare and training in organic farming, they could stop logging mm-hmm. and they did, you know. So uh, from that projects, we realized that when people have an access to alternatives, they won't be destructive ecologically. And, you know, um, 
we also understand that these situations were not just happen in Borneo, but also happen in different parts of the world. Um, you mentioned uh, before in my CV that I also involved in project in Madagascar. So yes. what we found in Madagascar, it's mostly similar to what we found in Indonesia. There's always a link between health and conservations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of the... Uh, most of the community who living around rainforest, you know, they often need to choose between their well-being or the nature. You know, food on the table to support the family or forest, lush forest yeah. behind, you know, on my backyard or behind my, you know, behind my home. So, you know, if we can fulfill what the community need in return for protecting the forests, uh, the community will give it a you know, give it back to us in the form of um, ecosystems uh, protections and ecosystem services of the rainforest that we all depend on. So this is the project that we were working uh, in in Borneo since 2007. And the idea of this, uh, you know, giving healthcare uh, services to the community and then um, working together with community, listen with the community also have been uh, implemented in other parts of the world as well, in Brazil and in Madagascar. And the program itself are now trying to expand to other uh, conservation areas in, in Papua as well. Oh, wow. That's really like, I think that's something that um, the earlier part of your sharing where you <clears throat> said, you know, the forests are uh, largely how the world is like running right now. And if we don't have that, and you know, <laughs> we'll be good as yeah, dead. But at the same time, um, why we have these uh, destructions is because from what I could garner from your sharing was that um, there's just a lack of access and awareness of like alternatives, right? And if that was resonated well, and if it's something that's um, really convincing to them that they could make a living from and I, I think that's something that uh, we could try to find out the solutions for and also um, try to change their behavior in that way and I think that's uh, the project that you're doing um, uh, Kardika I think it's something you know significant and I believe it, it, it has potential to change you know various communities in the world um, to more sustainable practices and also at the same time conserving um the forest systems that we have in the world and and uh, you know i'm really excited to see more of that in the world right now because you know you always hear about lodging in like uh forests in the amazon because of uh, people like building their farms and whatnot so that that's something that um i guess uh, with our efforts right here we want to change um that to save um the world uh so um you know I'm discussing about forest here, Kandika. So um how is the state of the forest here in Indonesia? You know, what are the biggest threats to um the forest currently in Indonesia? Yeah. Just a specific question on that matter. Yeah. So um according to the state of Indonesia's forest um in 2020 published by the Ministry of Environment and Forestry of Republic Indonesia. Uh, we have we currently have 120 million hectares of forest left in nature, well in Indonesia, and that consists of production forests around 68.8 million hectares, 
Conservation Forest, 20, uh, I think 2022.1 million hectares, including um, marine conservations area. And then Protections Forest, uh, around 29 uh, million hectares. And then um, currently our Ministry of Forestry divided the forest estate into four different um, categories based on its functions, you know, conservation forest, it mostly designated for conservations of plant and animal species, protections forests to serve uh, life support system and maintain regulating services provided by the forest, productions forest, um, you know, designated for producing forest products, including timber, and conversion forest, which is converted for other land uses. But of course, you know, um, there's a lot of uh, challenges challenges that needs uh, that still needs to overcome. Um, you know, with the tenure insecurity and overlapping land claims, full, uh, you know, poor governance, uh, and then weak law environment, uh, weak law enforcements in forest areas, right? Um, and to your questions about what is the biggest threat uh, to the forest, uh, I think for Indonesian forests at the moment, the biggest threats it's still, you know, the first is encroachment, you know, so it's still, uh, so work around uh, clarifying the boundaries between different administrative classifications of forest areas needs uh, to continue and needs to clarify the legal uh, status of certain forest areas, you know, ensuring uh, public legitimacy and recognitions. And then the second threat, it's actually still illegal logging. So illegal logging still account for between 40 to 80% of Indonesia's uh, uh, timber trade. So it's actually costing government of Indonesians billions of dollars in revenue lost mm. every year, right? Mm. And then the third uh, threats, it's still forest and land fires. So I think you've heard about it a lot and <laughs> yeah. it's brought up in the news a lot as well. So the significant uh, forest and land fires uh, happened in 2007, uh, 2012 and 2015 and it causing transboundary haze pollutions in the Asian regions, right? Yes. And attracting global attention. We've got a lot of complaints from Singapore, Malaysia, even Philippines, I think, and Brunei, you know, yeah. our neighbor. <laughs> right. And then um I think the fourth uh largest threat still is illegal trade in plants and wildlife. Wildlife. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it does seem like you know it it's such a, a significant problem in in Indonesia, in where I think, uh, as you said, there, there's a lack of government um, regulation and also um, practices that um, protect this these forests. And I guess it's also uh, from what I could garner how um, large um, illegal logging is and how powerful it is, right? Um, in terms of swaying um, the the current. Um, status in in the countries uh, in terms of like um actually acquiring the timber from um you know forests that are actually important so uh, in this regard right kadika so um what kinds of forest conservation programs have been implemented in indonesia is it to um you know like is it has has it been successful in stymieing um the significant problems that you've mentioned if not like what do you think needs to be improved um, particularly yes um yeah in into my knowledge there are several uh 
conservation programs that has been put in place, uh, such as promoting Indonesia a green economy model in 2013. So our, um, you know, our governments try to promoting green economy model uh, to compare investment in forest preservations and sustainable forest management options, you know, that included three main components. I think it's added benefits, cost and investments. And then there's also this moratorium of oil palm expansions. We know that oil palm is one of the source of forest degradations in Southeast Asia, um, rehabilitations of peat ecosystems. Uh, this is including restorations of peat ecosystem in concessions area and in community lands, peatland conservations, restorations of forest landscapes, including forest restorations in watershed areas, forest concessions areas, conservation areas, and mangrove. Um, deep engagement with Red Plus, you know, uh, reducing emissions from deforestations and degradations through uh, community plantations forest program. And, you know, and there's a lot of uh, other conservation programs that yeah. I think that have been implemented, you know, like moratorium, uh, moratorium of, of, uh, of using uh, forest, uh, natural forest. Um, as well. But um, of course, you know, there's a lot of things that need to be improved. And government, our government actually, um, you know, try their best to come up with all of this, um, you know, all of these plans and strategy. But what we think sometimes it's just, it's, you know, it's just on paper. The implementation is rather different, you ah, know. Yes. So what needs to be done, I think it's, um, you know, collaborations you know, like active uh, participations of all uh, stakeholder. So not, um, you know, to, for government to also seeing different parts of, uh, you know, organizations within the communities to be also, you know, be involved in, in the discussions, you know. And because when we think about the problems, we have more problems, right? Yes. But when we focus on possibilities, we will have more opportunities. And I would say that collaborations will open more uh, possibilities and opportunities to, um, you know, to, to, to reach the purpose of, um, you know, making Indonesian forests uh, still exist and also protecting Indonesian forests, right? Mm -hmm. And also another thing is that, um, Inclusivity to achieve uh, racial justice is also still very, very. Uh, it's very limited in times uh, in terms of discussions in Indonesia itself. You know, um, so we Indonesian is also def Indonesian is built. Uh, you know, uh, from different racials. Uh, from different ethnic back, uh, backgrounds, different indigenous communities, right? To, so it's still, I think it's still a challenge uh, and still we need to work on that, on making sure that different voices are heard, that yeah. people are respected and value, you know, especially indigenous community or marginal community that often left out in the discussions, but they are actually the one that, um, you know, uh, their role is very important in, in protecting okay. the forest because they are mostly the, you know, mostly community that live nearby the forest. They will be the first one that impacted 
you know, by the loss of the forest, but they also, uh, you know, can be the first agent that can help us protecting the forest, right? Mm-hmm. And to making sure that, um, you know, that they are in the environments where they can do their best works and making sure that they've been heard and appreciated as well. And uh, yeah, so I think it's, 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 it's kind of like things that still need to be, mm. to be uh, improved uh, in, in, in Indonesia. Yeah, um, you know, like from your um sharing just now, Kadika, I think yeah, there there are efforts, but obviously, like um, there's much more to be improved on, and um, I mean, uh, it's an all round approach as well in government, um, the people and the corporations, but at the same time, like um, we we need to follow through, especially I think the government needs to follow through with what they have you know put on paper, and I think that's also up to the people to. Have the um uh the passion and the initiative to to enact this change, right? So that the the government actually follows through at the end. So I I really think that um yeah uh, from what you you've shared like there's a lot to improve on and especially I think it's important to be inclusive towards all like communities because if you don't like you're missing out on maybe that significant problem that's just you know stifling um yeah. you know the initiatives that you're you're doing and the effectiveness of it at, at the same time so uh, I, I think that resonated well with me um the Kandika, and i think that's also apparent in some parts of the world where um these conservation programs are enacted so with regards to this Kandika, should we plant more trees um if not how can our listeners best support the conservation of forest ecosystems well, the, the short answer is yes. yes. You know, we understand that there's a lot of benefits of planting trees. Um, as I mentioned uh, uh, previously, trees give more, you know, give oxygens for us to breathe. It's improve our, um, you know, our air quality. Many species of wildlife depend on uh, trees for habitat. Trees provide food, protections, homes for, you know, many birds, mammals, and it reduced the amount of, uh, you know, storm of water runoff. It preserved water and uh, reduced the effects of flooding and many other benefits, right? Mm-hmm. So understanding these benefits, uh, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. And tree is, I think tree is the only um, species now in the world that can help us absorb the carbon, di- carbon dioxide from the atmosphere yeah. and change it to oxygen so um, and we need oxygens for um you know for for our lives right for living for breathing and so yeah um you know planting trees is important and whenever you can uh you know can or able to plant trees please do so but um sometimes the questions that i get is that what if i don't have enough space for planting trees in my backyard Mm -hmm. What if I, you know, I'm living in an apartment uh, in, in, you know, I'm living in an apartment that don't even have land, you know, to plant yeah. trees. How can I support planting trees or how can I be actively involved in planting trees? Well, you can join, you know, a planting trees movement. There's There are many organizations out there that are focusing in planting trees. Um, you can join through volunteering, active participations mm-hmm. or even donations. So, yeah, there's a lot of ways, uh, you know, to join the crowds. Yeah. 
Yeah, and yeah, to the listeners out there, yeah, if you have space, just plant more trees. <laughs> if not, you join your local organization where um they do plant uh forest planting efforts or uh, tree planting efforts. Uh, what I meant to say. So. Yeah, and I, I think that's a lot you can help with, even if you don't have um, space to plant your trees at your own backyard. So uh, uh, with this, Kadifa, do you have any further advice for aspiring um, foresters like yourself? Yeah. Um, yeah, I have several, actually. I hope right. that, uh, <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> that you know, the listeners can relate it to. I think the first one is to change your perspective. Mm. Because when you change your perspective, you change, uh, you change your, your lens. You know, we often think that human is above all, that we are the Lord of yeah. everything, you know, on this earth, right? But we are not, you know. Mm. Human is a part of these ecosystems, and we need to understand that. And, you know, I think the, the uh, pandemic of COVID-19 uh, teach us a lot about what is our positions in, in the nature. You know, that we're not, we're not highly than a virus, right? So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then second, I think, um, find like-minded people and join the movement. Mm. So active participations on problem solving. There are so many environment environmental campaign that you know our listeners can join. Uh, these days, you know, there's one. Sorry, there's one Youth Act Kalimantan. You know, youth leadership for climate crisis. You know, there's a lot of camps. Uh, Friday for Future Climate Reality Project Zero Waste campaign. You know, there's so many um, you know campaigns that you can choose and you can join out there. So find one and then join the movement. And then, uh, you know, you need to educate yourself as well. Uh, by educating ourselves, we, uh, we increase our knowledge, our understanding about the issue, you know, whatever the issue is that you are uh, focusing on or interesting in, you know, forest degradations, climate change, climate crisis, forest conservations, you know, or anything else. Uh, because when you educate yourself, yeah, uh, we hope that it will changing your character, changing your behavior, you know, and you can be, uh, you know, more care and empathy towards the nature that you're living in, the planet that you're living in, you know, and then you can change your behavior from being ignorance to being care. And then the next one is to find your purpose. Uh, what is your purpose? Yes. <laughs> um, you know, uh, in, in, in all of this madness that happens in the world, what is your purpose? And how can you contribute, uh, you know, to, to your purpose? Uh, always remember that purpose is usually one, you know, but the actions or ways can be so many. So if it's not working this way around, we're probably working other way around, you know. But your purpose is, for example, my purpose is to, uh, fight for climate change, to fight for, um, you know, the existence of the forest in my country, then I can do this, 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 and this. If you're loving writing, you can do it through writing, you can do it through writing poems, lyrics, books, you know, you can do it through your business, more sustainable, you know, sustainable uh, business, uh, through your teaching, if you're a lecturer, you know, teaching your students, and then to your talents, for example, you know, there's a, there's a lot of way, um, you know, to get into actions and, um, yeah, 
to to fulfill yeah. your purpose. And last but not least is to listen. So listen is something that um you know that is uh disappearing from the community these days, <laughs> yeah. you know. So always listening, listening to whom, you know, listening to yourself, listening to your community, listening to your elder, you know. Um that is one thing that I um learned so much uh during my time in in Borneo in Kalimantan that we are having this close relationship with our elder you know or with our ancestor so um you know listening and then you know listening to what they need you know what your community needs often when we implemented program whatever the program is or the project is we kind of like bring our background our educations our knowledge into perspective without asking communities what they need sometimes they don't need it you know and mm-hmm. these communities knows what is best for them so listen to them if you want it to help them so i think that's what i can say to uh, you know all of the listeners out there wow gadipa uh, i think that's something that <laughs> i think everyone would uh, take into account be um, you know find your own purpose in your own state of being uh, be an advocate in your local community be well informed uh, and be an um active listener and also humble towards um you know the the, the problem that we're, we're facing and i think that's something that um a lot of people will be inspired by from your advice so um kadika that's a wrap for today's episode thank you for sharing your insights on forest with us today so for our yeah, listeners <laughs> yeah for our listeners out there we will see you in the next episode bye bye <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode. We would like to thank the Mansfield Center and the YCD program for making this podcast possible. If you wanted to learn more about the eConnected podcast, do follow and subscribe to our social media channel linked in the description box below. See you next time. Jumpa lagi. Pa'alam. Selamat panalu.